everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthasar. And, I mean, yeah, we gave up a few more points than we thought, but it's still a pretty dominant victory up against the Bears. You could probably say they barely put up any competition, but it was the inhale there, the, the sharp inhale there for me. But, <laughs> yeah, it was... We ended up beating Baylor 59-25. to It was a pretty dominant victory outside of a few fluky plays, which I ended up scoring on. But, you know, sometimes you get bit on the trick plays, other times you don't. And sometimes a team that's desperate for bowl eligibility pulls out all the stops and will empty the magazine on you. I mean, we still doubled them up, so... <laughs> yeah, and this was yet another game where on the very final play of the game or final possession. Uh, they score to make it look marginally closer than it was. Same thing that happened with UCF. Um, so this should have been a 40-point win. Not really worth splitting hairs about, I guess. But, uh, yeah, this is a fairly dominant victory uh, for K-State. The offense was generally really great. Um, the turnovers were the big difference, of course. Uh, that that was where K-State really separated itself. That was the that margin. Yeah. And another really big important part of this game is your new career touchdown leader is in passing touchdowns is Will Howard. And uh, funny story, uh, I looked at Connor and I said Christian Moore is going to be the one to catch the the final uh, touchdown or the the record breaking touchdown. You agreed with me. Uh, at the time, I'm not sure if we meant it as a joke. I'm, I meant it as a joke. We did mean it as a joke. Let's, 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 um... <laughs> let's not lie to ourselves here. We, we said it as a joke, and it just so happened to be correct. So, yeah, on a pass to Christian Moore, Will Howard became the all-time career passing uh, touchdowns leader. So, congratulations to Will. You know, it's... Uh, it's been a long time coming, and if you watch the video that K-State football put out afterwards, there there truly is no one else that, that there's no one who deserves that kind of reception and that record, both literally and figuratively, than Will Howard. Yeah, I he's been through tons of ups, ups and downs here at K-State, and despite everything, uh, he, um, and despite at many times, uh, you know, issues with his play uh, arising, uh, he still leads the um, all-time uh, record now for passing touchdowns. He'll probably break the single-season one as well. He's three behind tying it right now. Uh, so almost certainly going to break that. But, yeah, it I think it maybe helps put in perspective that Will really truly has had a great K-State career, especially these last two seasons. Um, and I hopefully maybe that will help uh, um, people remember him more fondly, uh, I think, than of what it seemed like it will be so far. But yeah, he's etching his name in the record books and with how long people tend to stay in one place in college football and could be a record that stands for a while um it could be one the next starting quarterback ends up taking but we'll just have to wait and see it could be about anything but he's definitely earned it yeah absolutely 
So that's pretty much all we got. Oh, uh, the atmosphere. We always tend to talk about the atmosphere. It was just kind of solid. I wouldn't describe it as like a great, amazing atmosphere. I It was solid enough. Mm-hmm. It was another sellout, at least in terms of tickets yeah. sold. So yeah. It was another one that was, I think, fairly decent to begin the game and at various points throughout the game. But that's uh, but um, it's yet another home blowout, and it's tough to get people uh, really into it on defense to get up and make noise when you're up by forty in the fourth quarter. You know that's uh, it's not exactly entertaining. I guess I mean I think it's entertaining, but not everybody well, will. It, it's entertaining in a different way. Yeah, yeah it's uh. uh Yet another home blowout. It seems like we've had pretty much nothing but blowouts at home this year. Uh, one home game left uh, could be the most competitive of them all, but that's a, a ways away now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, more people there than I expected, given it was given that it was a bit rainy uh, to begin with. That cleared off uh, before kick, really. So yeah, and we had the the chocolate, the ch- the hot chocolate bleachers. <laughs> But now we can go into game day grades where we go through every single position group, including coordinators, giving them a grade from F to A+. F meaning they nearly single-handedly lost us the game, uh, and A+, meaning they nearly single-handedly won us the game or had an exceptional performance. Starting off with the Brent, the man under center, that would be Will Howard at the quarterback position. I'm not even going to bother like trying to pretend like I'm going to give him anything but an A+. And it's not just because of the record day, but you know, you threw for 235, three touchdowns, no picks. There weren't even any times that I felt like the ball was truly in any danger with Will, uh, you know, which that's well, good. Uh, Avery did skip a ball, but he ended up throwing for a touchdown later on to Garrett Oakley, which made Connor very, very happy. But I, I, there's very little that I can say other than that this is an A-plus performance. Yeah, it, I think you put it well in, in that there was really never a moment where I felt like Will put the ball in any sort of danger. I don't think he made a bad decision all day. Uh, there were a couple of misses. Um, the one throw to Jaden Jackson that was ruled incomplete in the end zone uh, it was a perfect ball. I don't think he could have placed it anywhere else. And I was a little surprised I didn't review it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that that shocked me a little bit. It didn't really matter. But uh, Will was awesome. Uh, it was clear that Colin Klein had the uh, record on his mind, I think, <laughs> uh, for passing touchdowns because we were throwing early and often. And uh, most, I think most or all of those touchdown passes came in the first half. Uh, so... I, I, I was super happy with Will's performance. He gets an A+. There, there's, like, like you said, there's just not too much to add that can really do anything else to really add much to it other than this was maybe the most comfortable he's looked all year. He he looked completely comfortable in this game and, and complete control the entire time. Yep. Next up are the running backs, which of course is mostly just DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. I again, this is another situation where I don't, I can't really find anything to ding them on. 
you know, DJ Giddens ends up going for 115. Treshawn Ward goes for 44 and a touchdown. Uh, in terms of receiving, you get DJ going for 19 yards and another touchdown. So, like, this is just another really easy A-plus performance. Uh, DJ, I think, found on that little check down pass where he ends up scoring, I think that he found another gear there. I, he's never been slow, but I don't think I've seen him move that fast. <laughs> Because he he kind of turned on the afterburners there, but yeah. By the way, uh, slow, no moves. Uh, DJ Giddens, despite the fact that he juked out like two people and then stiff armed another in the same run. But remember, slow, no moves. Yeah, I, I think the the narrative about uh, DJ just being a power back and having nothing else to his game, I think that's pretty much done. Uh, I think that uh, he's he's well established that he's multifaceted that he's got power he should have definitely definitely showcased it on uh on saturday but he did so much more than that so they they get an a plus uh anthony frias he was kind of a special teams demon uh he had a few tackles um was really impressive there and then the james white got a couple carries at the end uh, as well which was nice to see um but yeah DJ and Treshawn looked great for the majority of their action. Uh, DJ had the receiving touchdown as well. They were really good. They had an A+. Plus. Yep. Receivers. Now, this was a... No one, one person really stood out in the receiving room. And I think that's a credit to Will just being a really effective point guard this game. Uh, Jane Jackson had two for 53. Probably should have had three for, I think, probably around 80 and a touchdown. Uh, Philip Brooks, 5 for 41. Keegan Johnson, 3 for 31. Jace Brown, 1 for 6. RJ Garcia, 1 for 2. So it's just a lot of guys, you know, kind of getting a lot of opportunities. I ended up giving them an A minus. The difference between an A and an A plus is honestly, if they stop to review that touchdown to Jaden mm-hmm. Jackson. But other than that, there's no one that really popped enough for me to give an A plus. Yeah, we were talking about this before the game uh, with Jaden Jackson, how he had not had a reception in a while. He had had touches, uh, but he had not actually caught the ball uh, since the game against Texas Tech, and that was nearly a month prior. Uh, But he um, had his first multi-catch game since September. Uh, And again, it should have been three. Uh, I, I think there's an argument to him maybe having actually controlled it, but I don't know if there would have been enough uh, a good enough angle to really overturn that call as the issue yeah so uh, i i was really impressed with the receivers uh philip brooks was steady eddie per usual uh five catches for 41 yards jace brown did have a drop early uh which uh that i put a lot on him just being a freshman getting adjusted to being a, a starting receiver at the power five level but uh um, on the whole, the receivers were impressive. We saw some Trace Spivey in the game. Uh, he didn't get a target or anything, but he was in the game. Uh, we saw some Sterling Lockett at the very end as well. He played and went on a jet motion once, and uh, I think that's the first time he's gotten uh, on offensive snaps, if, uh, I'm, if I'm aware. I think he played a little bit during SEMO. Well, I'm, I completely forgot then, but... Yeah, they all around look decent. Keegan Johnson, only three catches, but it seems like he's starting to get a bit more comfortable at the very least. Yeah, doesn't look hobbled anymore. Yeah, so 
they they get an A minus for me. So we match our grades there. Yep. I think we've perfectly matched up to this point. I have a feeling that's probably going to continue. But uh, for tight ends fullbacks, you get really the two big names of Ben Sinnott and Garrett Oakley. Ben Sinnott, 3 of 68. Garrett Oakley, 3 of 46. Both had one touchdown. Ben Sinnott had a beautiful catch on a beautiful ball from Will Howard on a little uh, fade up the sideline off of a fake screen. It was a beautiful catch. He even worked the worked a little bit to gain a little extra yards. They get an A plus. I mean, I don't. Like, I, I hate to digress as much as we are, but a lot of these ratings just kind of speak for themselves. Yeah, I gave him an A plus too. Um, Ben's catch was awesome. Uh, the the one that you were speaking of, the one down the sideline. Uh, his touchdown reception was a really good example of him having great chemistry with Will. Uh, he put himself in the right spot at the right time uh, to get open on what normally is not something you advise a QB to do, which is throw across uh, your body. Um, but And Garrett Oakley had that late touchdown. I'm always happy with a Garrett Oakley touchdown. You all know that. Uh, but uh, he continues to look really good, really quality uh, early in his career. He had a contested catch as well earlier on that touchdown drive. Uh, he He's shown to be a really good offensive weapon that I hope uh, um, maybe gets a little bit more uh, run late in the season because uh, I think he could really be effective for us. Uh, and then Will Swanson was pretty good blocking as well. Uh, I don't know if we saw Braden Lofton or not. Uh, he didn't register any statistics, but he may have gotten on the field. I just don't remember. But I was really pleased uh, with uh, the tight ends, so they get an A+. Yep. Offensive line, it Again, if you think I was digressing earlier, there's literally nothing that I can complain about with the offensive line other than I think Carter Willis false started once whenever Avery was in. That's really it. I mean, they weren't giving up. It didn't seem like they were giving up pressure at an inordinate rate. They're really good run blocking. Like you get the occasional misassignment, but I'm not going to ding like them entire the entire unit for an occasional missed assignment when that's just going to happen. They get an A plus. Yeah, I gave them an A plus as well. Um, yeah, they weren't perfect, but it's just you're never going to be when you're the offensive line, and it's much easier to sit here and call out things that they missed or did wrong when the truth is really that for the entire game they were really quality. They gave up, I think one sack and it was on like an all-out blitz on like a third down that Baylor just timed just really well and there there just wasn't really anything that could have been expected uh that we could have expected them to really do differently there so they get an A plus they were really really good um I'm glad that we're starting to get uh Gilly out in space more that's where he thrives that's where the last couple of centers for K-State have really thrived is out in space pulling rather than uh, um, just kind of wanting more power. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with how they performed. I can't really complain too much. So they, they get an A+. Plus. Yep. Now moving on to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the defensive line starting off with, which by the way, have a game Cody Stuffelbean ended up getting two sacks and a forced fumble. Um I will say that outside of stuff, I was kind of just whelmed with the defensive line's performance. I mean, I know they only gave up, you know, a net 85 rushing yards, um, 
But to me, it really came down to, you know, the defensive line themselves getting a lot of pressure and, like, not converting on a lot of those opportunities. I still ended up giving them an A, but I, I would describe myself as sufficiently whelmed with their performance. Yeah, I gave them an A- minus for pretty similar reasons. Uh, Cody Stuffelbean was awesome. This was by far his best game as a Wildcat. Not even close. Um uh, Khalid Duke getting ejected, uh, it, it was what it was. It didn't really affect the performance of the unit too much, I thought. Uh, but yeah, the the rest of the unit was fine. Brendan Mont had a couple plays where he... Uh, it was the first time that Baylor did the uh, um, halfback uh, throwback pass uh, where Mont read the play perfectly and stopped anything from happening. Uh, and, and we saw a lot of uh, Chidi Obi-Izor as well. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, the true freshman, and he didn't record any stats, I don't think, but he looked really explosive off the ball, and it's clear that he's got a really great frame, and he was showcasing a few moves that he was working on as well, uh, which I, I, I'm hoping that he can develop further, but he, they, were, they were still a good unit. Uh, they just, uh, like you said, they weren't overwhelming with the exception of Cody Stuffelbean, who was fantastic. Yeah. Linebackers, I thought this was another example of me being kind of whelmed with their performance. Uh, there were a couple of times that they just sort of missed a fit, especially after Jake Clifton went down with injury. Hopefully he's back. Uh, Rex Van Wy was a pleasant surprise. Dez was good as usual. Austin Moore was just kind of all right. He was in the right position except for a few times. But I just found those those few times that they didn't make a fit or they got fooled on a trick play that they really shouldn't have or someone blows like a zone assignment, which I think is what happened up against uh, Drake. But uh, it's just... I, I gave them an A-. minus. I was happy enough with how they performed, but I still kind of hold them to a higher standard. Um, I gave them an A-. Uh, Clifton going out obviously really hurt uh, the linebacker room. It probably hurt him too, but it, it definitely hurt the room because uh, Clifton is just so, so talented. And I really hope that he isn't hurt too bad. Uh, but Austin Romain, I thought, was okay uh, in relief. It wasn't his best performance on the year, but it wasn't his worst. Um, Bo Palmer uh, was fine as well. I like seeing a lot of Tobios and Sami. I thought that was good. Uh, Desmond Purnell, of course, has the fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, and he added a QB hurry at one point as well. I think that was also in the first quarter. And Desmond continues to just be electric on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Austin Moore, he was good. He added a um, tackle for loss. Uh, a lot to like there. But, yeah, and then some of the reserves. Yeah, Rex Van Wine. I, I was pleasantly surprised to see him play as much as he did. Um, he added a tackle for loss. He had three tackles. That was big. Um, but yeah, it, it's a room that's getting pretty thin right now after starting the beginning of the year uh, when it was uh, maybe the deepest that we've ever had the linebacker room, uh, at least in the climate era. And we're now kind of reaching a point where we're starting to run out of guys, uh, which uh, um, is not a position that we want to be in uh, here um, in the, at this uh, home stretch. But they still were what they still were really good, I thought, and so they got an A. Yeah. Defensive backs. You, okay, you look at the fact that uh, 
they ended up with 247 yards. You're like, eh, the defensive backs must not have had a, a really great day. You'd be wrong, actually. Because <laughs> um, although they did end up with 247 passing yards, a lot of those were kind of on, you know, gimmick plays, like we mentioned earlier. But quietly, just about every defensive back had a really solid game. Colby McAllister ends up registering a sack. Uh, Jacob Parrish ends up registering a tackle for a loss. Keenan Garber ends up getting a pick six, which is his first touchdown in a K-State uniform. Yes, it's still weird to say. Uh, Will Lee had himself some really impressive pass breakups. Uh, Kobe Savage was flying around the ball as per usual. Sieg's got his first pick, albeit on a two-point two point conversion, so it barely mattered. But, yeah, it was... Just about all the defensive back. Oh, I forgot to mention Justice James had one of the greatest uh, post-pass breakup <laughs> celebrations I've ever seen. <laughs> if you can find it somewhere, just pay attention to number five towards the back end of the fourth quarter on a pass breakup. You will not regret it. <laughs> it was interesting. It was very interesting. So, if he's listening to this, we saw that. We yeah, saw- no, you, you will not avoid scrutiny. <laughs> You'll face justice. <laughs> no, no, no I, I think that's the greatest celebration in history, personally. <laughs> but yeah, I, I gave the defensive backs an A+. They had an awesome game. I gave them an A+, plus as well. I was super happy with them. Um, um, Marquis Siegel um, should have had a, uh, an actual interception uh, at one point. Maybe had an opportunity for multiple uh, but, he just cannot catch those, dude. Yeah, he he did catch he did catch the one that doesn't actually count as an interception, but still. Uh, Colby McAllister he had a sack, uh, which was kind of random, uh, but good for him though. Uh, I'm glad to see him uh, start to get uh, a little bit more playing time because uh, we saw a bit more of him earlier in the year, but he was just kind of spotty. Uh, but it's good to see him get back into the rotation. Uh, Kobe Savage um, kind of had a quiet game. Didn't really see much of him. Jordan Wright, uh, he was on the receiving end of some interesting pass interference calls <laughs> Towards the uh, back end. on that final drive for Baylor. Keenan Garber, of course, getting the pick six is awesome. Um, but yeah, the DBs, they were breaking up passes left and right. Uh, Will Lee was great in that department. He's been an incredible ball hawk uh, all year long. Uh, so they get, they get an A-plus for me. Yeah. Moving on to the coordinator, starting with Colin Klein, everything he said, everything he did work. It's an A plus. Yeah, I I don't really think there's a way to argue with that. Colin Klein, when when the offense works as well as it did, there a lot of that starts at the top. I can't think of a reason not to give him an A plus. So he gets one. Yeah, you you'd have to be doing some really big mental gymnastics to to avoid giving him yeah. the A plus. <laughs> uh, Klanderman, uh. I, the trick plays kind of got to me for Kleinerman, especially because it was the third trick play that ended up getting us pretty much from the same look. That was the it was either a touchdown or a near touchdown to Drake Dabney. Um, other than that, I think he just called an all right game. I think a lot of like the bigger plays kind of did come down to play calling. That being said, he didn't have a bad game, and a lot of the score scoring plays were based off of gimmicks. So I gave him an A minus because I. I do kind of take off additional points for falling for gimmicks multiple times, but he still called a solid game. Um, I gave him an A. Um, 
I would have liked um, to see a bit more pressure, uh, or at the very least finishing pressure. Pressure was getting there, but it seems like we've really struggled to uh, finish a sack uh, the last uh, uh, several weeks at this point. We're getting there often, but uh, just kind of struggling to finish it off. Um, and then, yeah, f- uh, the gimmick touchdown to uh, Dabney, uh, that, that was just kind of unfortunate. Uh, Keenan read it and was there at the exact right time. He, he just, just missed. He just whiffed. Yeah, he just completely whiffed, and he redeemed himself with his pick six. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. I do like that we're starting to use Cooper BB in those short yardage situations right now <laughs> just because we're uh, kind of lacking on the uh, on depth side uh, for the interior defensive line. So we're just throwing Coop in there to just be a people mover, and it seems to be working right now. Uh, we'll see if we continue to do that once Damian Leo gets healthy. But I, I didn't really have any major complaints with Klanderman. His position group, uh, the safeties, performed uh, very well. They really only had one major bust in coverage that I can think of, and that was the overthrow on or the, the slight overthrow to Baldwin in the end zone. Uh, but that was really about it. So Sorry, there was a bug. But... <laughs> All right, <laughs> I, I was staring at a bug the entire time that you were talking, but yeah, I, I yeah, Cooper BB going in at nose tackle is one of the funniest parts of the year. Foundation users finally won, but <laughs> they, they needed one. I they, think they needed a single victory. But now we can just talk about MVPs. I think the MVPs are pretty obvious. It's Will Howard and Cody Stuffelbean. Yeah, be read my mind. I. Cody Sutherland was the MVP in the first quarter, yeah. and that and that was where it ended. Uh, I guess if Keenan had gotten like another defensive touchdown, he'd have an argument. But no, Cody Sutherland he earns that, and then of course Will he gets a touchdown record for a career. That's an automatic MVP for me. Yeah. So I didn't write any down, but we can just sort of talk about any any takeaways that we had from the game. The first one is our, our home field advantage remains. Yeah. Elite. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Uh, at the very least, uh, we've been very fortunate with the opponents that we get at home. Although, I don't think we've just been facing a bunch of, you know, sleepwalking, brain dead teams. We've been facing teams that have something to play for more often than not, like UCF in our first home game. Troy had something to prove as a G5 program. Uh, Dana was coaching for his job, I guess, <laughs> for Houston. Yeah, and they came uh, off of a pretty good performance yeah. against Texas. Yeah, and then uh, Aranda might be in that same position. He might be coaching for his job right now, and he was coaching for bowl eligibility. Uh, I think Dave probably gets another year, but um, tough sledding right now if you're a, a Baylor Bear fan. Um, but, but yeah, this has been an interesting home slate for sure. Uh, I'm glad that we're keeping Iowa State for last. I think that's going to be a super fun game. Iowa State has been oddly good this year there's no reason for them to when i say oddly good it's kind of relative to i think what we thought iowa state was going to be which was terrible i I think we're expecting an all-time awful year from iowa state and they've been respectable so more power to them i guess but (laughs) good for them they're going to be an interesting matchup uh for the final week so i'm looking forward to that yeah yeah, the the home field advantage is the main takeaway. Uh, Will is taking a lot better care of the ball ever since the Oklahoma State game. I 
he's just making a lot better decisions generally, and he's making some some legit big boy throws as well. <laughs> yeah, he he had a few throws that probably should have been touchdowns, like uh, on the very first drive, the pass interference on Jace Brown, that would have been an easy touchdown because uh, that ball was going to be perfect and uh, hit Jason's stride. Uh, there's a reason that you could literally see you could literally see him get tugged yeah. by the uh, a defensive back. Uh, that ball to Jaden Jackson was, I think, as perfect as you could get. Um, Will Will's been great. He has been a man on a mission the uh, last several weeks. And yeah, he does have the one pick. I don't think that should count as an interception because of, it was Keegan Johnson breaking. Yeah, breaking pretty much. So, uh, but Will Will's been on point last uh, several weeks now yeah and before we get into the very next game i i feel like we have to at least somewhat address the the arlington conversation because it's a very strange conversation and uh you know probably someone's going to fact check this statement as soon as i say it but my understanding is that because there is currently a three-way tie for second place between us, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, if we all three remain tied, as in we all three win out for the rest of our games, K-State would be the team that ends up in Arlington because of record versus common opponents. The common opponents would be KU and Iowa State. (laughs) Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State, and Oklahoma lost to KU. So if we went out the back two games, first off, I would not be traveling to Stillwater, Oklahoma, wearing any purple whatsoever. Uh, you may have harm done to you or your person. Um, and it would just embrace the joke of the NCAA will be enforcing a Big 12 championship ban on Oklahoma State for Michigan's transgressions. <laughs> um, but technically... Arlington is still on the table. The thing is, we need the three- or four-way tie scenario to happen. So in a very strange way, we need to become, for this next week, Iowa State fans. And failing that, we need to be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans. That is my understanding of it. And I could be wrong. I'm not even going to try and understand it, but... The one scenario I do kind of get is the one that you brought up at first. Uh, I know that we've talked about that some, and you know that'd be a really strange way uh, to make it to Arlington. But uh, I, I'm not going to complain if that's how we get there. If I were an Oklahoma State fan, I would march on the uh, Big Twelve headquarters, probably. But uh, you know, where I'm, I'm never going to complain about making the Big Twelve championship. And uh, if that's how that were to happen, then it'd be a little strange, but I would willingly accept it. Yeah. So the we mentioned that, but the our top priority needs to be handling our own business before focusing on anything else. And next week is the Sunflower Showdown against KU, and who knows who they're going to start at QB after Jason Bean went down with a concussion. Uh, I don't. I think Lance Leipold may be telling a not true when he said that Jason Bean was already feeling better. 
because you don't simply start feeling better two, af- two hours after getting a concussion. I think there might be some gamesmanship there. But who knows who KU is starting at QB. It's not Jalen Daniels. <laughs> if I were a betting man, I'd honestly say Jason Bean. Uh, I, I think there's no way... Uh, that Leipold is going into the sun, the biggest Sunflower Showdown in 20 years, uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, I don't, and I think there's no way he's going into that game with uh, Chris Ballard's son as the uh, uh, starting quarterback. So I, I imagine we see Jason Bean as the starter. And at the very least, that's how they begin the game. If he clearly isn't able to go then maybe that changes but i i i would prepare for jason being right now yeah i would as well but do you have any final thoughts about the baylor game i'm happy we won by more than 30 because that was kind of my line <laughs> i agree but that's pretty much it for this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow or contact the show, you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville Cats. And if you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdward00. I am at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store link in our podcast and Twitter bios. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.